Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. But not today. Today, we're going to talk about... Google and Amazon, and their failure to make good games. We will rapid-fire GoldenEye on Xbox 360, Lucasfilm Games, and Resident Evil 8. And we will talk about Global Game Jam Online. So let's start with Google and Amazon making games. So Google announced last week that they will close two of its gaming studios. I say two of its gaming studios, all of its gaming studios. All two of their (laughs) gaming studios. Neither of the studios had released any games. The closure affects, I think, around 150 devs. Yeah. And that sort of closes a chapter in the Google Stadia's history. I'm not surprised, but I am disappointed. You need to say more. Well, Google loves to start stuff. It doesn't like to keep stuff going. And in this case, they failed to even ship anything. You were quite dismissive. You were like, 150 devs is nothing for Google. Yeah, Google has over 100,000. Over I, don't, I don't know the exact figure. 120,000? It's a lot. It's, it's a giant megacorp. Yeah. Yeah. So dedicating 150 developers to this enterprise seems quite small. A hu- 150 is a decent-sized game studio, though. Isn't it? <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, how, how long have they spent on this? It's, it's been not even two years. Yeah. That's why I'm saying, you know, it's disappointing, but not surprising. It's just funny, like, we didn't see anything that they'd made, right? Like, there was no whisper of, you know, a cancelled project or anything. It was just literally like, oh, yeah, we've got some game studios, and now we don't. I wonder if it's because they didn't have anything... They couldn't even commit to a a plan. No, whether to double down on the gimmicks, no, play to its strengths, or really just create a core game that would have succeeded on any platform. Yeah, I mean, making games is really hard, obviously. So, I don't know. Did did they even make any like rock star hires? You know, like were there any really big names at Google? Because I know Amazon did. Uh, Jay Draymond from ubisoft okay yeah i just wonder i just wonder if you know they actually got anywhere 
we won't know. I mean, actually, I take that back. We'll maybe know in 10 20 years, years we'll know. Yeah, exactly. Maybe in 20 years it'll leak. <laughs> Have you tried Stadia? Because there, there's a whole bunch of these, right? You're, you said you were going to try GeForce Now, which by all accounts is good. It is good. I've tried GeForce Now. The problem with Stadia is that I need to buy the game on Stadia. The beauty of GeForce Now is I just need to own it on Steam or GOG or Ubisoft yeah. Connect. I, I do think Stadia has kind of missed the point. I mean, it's not missed the point, but you know, like they're going, they're weirdly going for a console model in the cloud, but it's just not compelling compared to, yeah, GeForce Now, where you can take your own library of games you already own, or Microsoft's Netflix of games kind of model. Interestingly, Stadia as a technology platform will continue to exist. For how long? True. Well said. I, I hope they manage to keep it going. I hope that Stadia actually is a success, you know. But maybe they'll just sell the tech to someone else, or they'll just be hosting other people's games. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it'll be very boring and corporate in the end. You mentioned, you know, how we'll hear about Google's failings in 10 to 20 years' time. We're already hearing about Amazon's failings in great detail already, it feels. There have been so many hit pieces. Like, over the past few like months, actually... These started a few months ago, I think, and are continuing to this day, like up until like a few days ago. Everyone is just dumping on this Mike Frazzini person. Like everyone is literally venting about how terrible Amazon Game Studios are. Who is Mike Frazzini? He's the head of Amazon Game Studios. Like there, there was, I, I can't remember which one of these many articles it was, but in one of them, they talk about like walking into the office and on the whiteboard it just says like fraz is cancer you know and everyone's written plus one next to it in different colored markers like they all agree it's just crazy like everyone's literally like dumping on this guy sorry i feel like i've jumped to the end of the story why don't you why don't you bring us up to speed so i so i'm focusing on the finance yahoo article which is focused on amazon pulling the release of well, actually, I say, I take it back. Amazon has cancelled the release of quite a few titles. Let, let me just uh, go through them. So there's a game called Nova that was canned in 2017, which was a, I, I don't want to use a ripoff, inspired by uh, League of Legends. There was a game cancelled in 2019, which was inspired by Fortnite. And then there was Crucible, which was released in 2020 which was inspired by Overwatch. So Crucible was interesting because it was released. Then they pulled it from release and then they just cancelled it in the per- in a period of July, August, September, October, in the period of four or five months. Yeah. I, I, I think, again, like this Mike Rosini guy was quoted as saying, like, it feels really unique. People always say to me that it feels really unique. But what they were actually trying to say is that it feels bad. Like it's just a bad game or something. I don't Uniquely know. Uniquely bad. I was just... I'm just, sorry, I'm just dumping on them again, which is too easy. Yeah, apparently it wasn't fun. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't even try it. It's, it's okay to dump on Amazon, isn't it? Oh, well, I mean, they're worth so much money, I guess. It's all right to, to poke fun at Goliath, I suppose. I don't know. In the UK, everyone loves an underdog, so it's okay to poke fun at whoever's number one. But, yeah, so... 
they seem to be having great difficulty making a hit which just goes to show that games are hard because like i think they've you know they have made really big name hires like they've hired people who know what they're doing who have experience who have shipped many AAA titles and then they're pouring limitless amounts of money in as well like again some of these articles are saying that people were people were offered contracts at like double the going rate in the area you know like other game companies in the area would offer a certain salary and amazon would like literally offer double plus stock and the stock was you know the stock was going to infinity amazon stock is just I, I don't even know what percentage has gone up this year, but it's a lot. Or in the past year, not literally this year, obviously, because it's February. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, you, you can't beat that. You can't beat that kind of salary package. The problem, though, it seems, is that Amazon doesn't hire artists. What, what do you mean? Do you mean literally artists or do you mean artistic people? Artistic people. Yeah, because I thought... I just thought there were so many great quotes in amongst all these articles. Like, so an, another one was, you know, the philosophy Amazon takes is hiring expertise is secondary to having leaders who follow the Amazon principles. And, you know, like, what are the Amazon principles? So, you know, apparently in their swanky offices, like painted in big letters on the wall, deliver results, fine, and frugality. Maybe not so fine. Though that does seem to be at odds with pouring limitless money in, which is apparently what they're doing. um, um, You know, they're pouring money into the people. That's okay. I can understand that. There was an indication where Frazzini struggled to differentiate between hyper-polished conceptual footage and live gameplay. Yeah, that's not good. Definitely not good. I mean, any discerning gamer can, can tell that difference. I do think it's getting harder, but if you're head of a game studio, you should be able to tell. Another quote, Lumberyard is killing this company. So Lumberyard is Amazon's engine, which is based on CryEngine. I personally found it very surprising that everyone was so negative about this because i thought CryEngine was supposed to be really good but was it used by third parties i mean i think it was but obviously it didn't have the kind of traction of unreal or unity so yeah maybe it's not as polished it's not as mass market like i, I suppose that's the thing everyone uses unreal or unity these days basically if you're making a triple a game you're going to use unreal if you're making an indie game or a mobile game at least, you're going to be using Unity. Because I guess the tooling is so good. At this point, yeah. So I suppose if you're used to using one of those and then you have to use CryEngine, maybe it's very difficult. That's a problem, yes. And if you're pulling people in from external firms, you can have a problem if they're used to Unreal or Unity. I'm still surprised though, like literally for people to say Lumberyard is killing things. Although, you know, there are parallels here to to Valve, right? Because Valve had exactly this problem where they had a number of games they were working on that were cancelled because they were trying to build them on Source 2 while they were building Source 2. And, you know, exactly this situation has happened at Amazon again, 
where they bought CryEngine and then they were trying to make CryEngine into Lumberyard, you know, their own version of the engine. So they're, they're building the engine while they're trying to build the game on the engine. And evidently, well, I was going to say it doesn't work, but I mean, maybe it can work. It's just a colossal waste of time. Like, it's very inefficient. But after all that, there is going to be a game released this year. Yeah, the, the one surviving game out of all the projects they've started is an MMO called New World. Which, by all accounts, is pretty good. It does seem to have had some rocky patches right like apparently it was really racist or racially insensitive like it was based on the era of the colonization of the u.s by you know europe essentially although a fantasy version of that and they were basically you had to fight the natives i mean it was like really (laughs) inappropriate (laughs) but that's supposedly all been sorted out so now it is an mmo with Dark Souls-esque combat. So New World is coming out in May 2021. Some bigger Amazon news. Jeffrey B is no longer... will no longer be Amazon CEO. Jeffy B stepping down. Just when you were on nickname terms with him. And stepping up will be Andy Jassy who's currently head of AWS. Andy Jassy. Uh, Jassy, that's almost the same as Jeffy. Jassy A. Jazz Hands Jassy. It's the other way around, though. It's not as easy. as his surname. <laughs> I'm sure you can come up with something. We'll get there. We'll be ready when he steps up. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've got a few months. So Andy Jassy has committed to making games, which is a start. I think all we should close out on is a quick statement on will Amazon succeed? If they keep pouring money in, yes. And they own Twitch now, right? They own Twitch. That was the one thing that Mike Frazzini did that was actually genius. They own Twitch. They got Twitch at what has turned out to be a bargain price, right? It was only a billion dollars. That's like chump change these days to a megacorp. So you think through Twitch, they are committed to gaming. I agree. I think you're right. At the end of the day, money talks. And if you've got limitless sums of money, you can afford to get a lot of things wrong along the way and still succeed. And if you're brave enough to cancel games because they're crap, (laughs) it's not a bad thing. And cancel the whole studio too. Google's so brave. <laughs> there are lots of companies that are, you know, running with one game, which is a mega hit. That's all they need. So let's see. I check my laser gun and I go pew pew pew. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. So let's start with Goldeneye, the Xbox 360 remake. So it turns out there is a ROM out there of the official Goldeneye 007 360 remaster. And you can download it and you can play on an emulator. 
Well, the way this story broke was that a streamer or YouTuber or basically someone did a whole playthrough of the game. A whole playthrough start to finish of the remaster. So they did that to show that the whole game was there and it could be completed. And, it, you know, it was finished. And they said, I have the ROM. It's a retail ROM. Like, it doesn't need to run on a dev kit. It's like a finished game. And you literally pop it in an emulator and it works. But I can't give you this ROM. It was given to me by a, a secret group of leakers and I can't tell you who they are. But they've told me they're going to release it to the wider internet sometime this year. And then, you know, less than a week later, boom, it's out. So this is a game, I think, that was rumoured to exist for a long time. Maybe more than rumoured to exist, obviously. People were pretty certain that it existed. So GoldenEye on the N64, beloved game, one of the greatest or certainly, you know, formative console FPS games. But N64 games look terrible, you know, like... The N64 to 3D is what, like, the Atari 2600 is to 2D kind of thing, you know? Like, it's, it's not really acceptable these days. And so, a remake of it was made for the Xbox 360 with less terrible graphics, but never released. And now it's not exactly released. Now it's leaked. Does this excite you? You played GoldenEye. Do you have fond memories? Yes, I have fond memories. Do I need to reproduce these memories? No, I do not. I have Warzone now. <laughs> Slappers only. It's when you're in the gulag without a gun. Yeah. I am happy that this exists, but I also can't be bothered to actually play it either. Like, I have not downloaded the ROM. I haven't even looked for it. I'm just happy knowing that it exists. The reason we're in this situation is because of licensing, right? Yeah, because the thing is, like, clearly... They finished the whole game. They made this whole game. And then it wasn't released, I can only imagine, for licensing reasons. Like, there must be a lot of companies involved. You know, like, various different companies who hold the James Bond license in one form or another. And then maybe even Nintendo as well. Yeah. Because Nintendo and Rare were kind of connected for a while. And then obviously Microsoft and Rare are connected now. So... I don't know. I assume it's the James Bond licensing that's the problem. More than any of the actual gaming console licenses. It's funny, if you download this game, is it piracy? Because it was never released. It's like it's not even a thing. You know, there's like no copyright. It's just like trademark infringement because there's no like copyright because it didn't ever get released. I mean, there's probably still copyright. Good thing I'm not a lawyer. Okay. I think it'd be a good thing if you are a lawyer. <laughs> it'd be funny. I mean, I don't think I'd win many cases. But it'd be funny, though. Yeah. What's another piratey nautical term we can use if this isn't piracy? Looting? Is this just looting? Buried booty. Yes. I just wanted to say booty. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Let's talk about Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm Games. They've gone and done some big rebrand. They're like, we're Lucasfilm Games now. It's the umbrella company for all of Lucasfilm gaming stuff. And I was just like, isn't this LucasArts? Isn't that what LucasArts was? Like going back a few decades. 
Okay, so let's not focus on the rebranding. Fine. Let's focus on two games which are in development, which are outside of the EA umbrella now. So we've learned that there's an open world Star Wars games in development at Ubisoft, which is being developed by Massive, who developed Division 1, Division 2. And as well as that, there's machine games at Bethesda who are teasing an Indiana Jones game. Your reaction? Meh. <laughs> so rude. I just... It's funny, because there was a time when I would have been excited by Star Wars and Indiana Jones, but I'm just not now. I'm not sure what's happened. I think it's just like... I think just everything Star Wars has been a disappointment, you know, for so many years now. Because, <laughs> like, the prequels, you know, when they came out, I was so hyped for the prequels, and then they were bad. And then there was the sequel trilogy, and I was like, yes, they're going to make new films, and George Lucas isn't going to be responsible. We can get something good. And then they were bad. I mean, they were bad in different ways, but they were still bad. Not all of them, right? Star Wars 7 was okay. It was good. It, it, was, it was okay, yeah. It was, it was generally good. It, that one was more good than bad. But that one was basically just A New Hope with flashier special effects. Yes. And a bigger spherical death machine. If they reboot it again, what are they going to use? <laughs> They've had a small moon, then a planet. They're going to need a star. They're going to have to have a whole star that shoots out energy beams that blows up a whole galaxy. You know, like, seriously. Sorry. Yeah, but it made me realise, you know, maybe Star Wars isn't for me. Maybe Star Wars was never for me. You know, like I liked Star Wars, the original trilogy, because I saw it when I was a kid. And maybe whatever Star Wars you see as a kid, you think is good and fine because you're just not very discerning. (laughs) So maybe if you're younger, you're still hyped for Star Wars. I'm just disappointed by Star Wars now. Although I watched The Mandalorian and that was good. Indiana Jones. The Crystal Skull one. That was bad. Uh, So I have no nostalgia for that either now. You you got nothing to say? I share your sentiment. I mean, did I ever care for the Star Wars franchise? No. But if they made a good game, I would play it for sure. Yeah. Let's see. Indeed. Next. Resident Evil 8. Village? Village. Resident Evil has adopted the Metal Gear Solid school of naming. Like, it's like, what is it? Who knows? So this is going to be released in May 2021. It's going to go head to head with New World. Everyone is just talking about the very tall lady. I've forgotten her name. I just know she's like 10 feet tall, pretty much. Nine and a half feet. Yeah. And maybe she's a vampire. It's another first-person Resident Evil game. I mean, that makes sense for them to continue. You know, they basically rebooted the franchise, didn't they? Because, like, Resident Evil, it was methodical and cinematic, you know, survival horror. And then it became, like, action horror. And then it pretty much just became an action game. 
and then they rebooted it and it was like first person survival horror so this one is yeah a continuation of that and it's it's the same protagonist as well isn't it it's that ethan winters guy is chris redfield a bad guy now i've lost track i've lost track i was watching a a summary of all resident evil games trying to put together the story it's actually i'm surprised it all ties up i thought it's just a lot of um making things up as they go along but actually it's all tight it all ties up I, I think they do make things up as they go along and they just wreck on it you know because like i don't know i played resident evil one and two and then yeah i watched one of these synopsis things and i was like wait is that what was happening in the first game you know like it's completely mental i do like these crazy convoluted stories though like i'm i'm not really keen on playing this game but i probably would enjoy watching a let's play and reading the story synopsis on a wiki yeah i'm I'm surprised i mean you're definitely not alone a lot of people have been talking about what the hell is going on in resident evil 8 and trying to explain what's going on and like you said chris redfield i'm surprised that the story is so important but i you know but i'm one of those people who cares about mechanics not stories True. Should we move on? Did we, did we actually manage to do rapid fire rapidly? This is the first. So, the main event. Global Game Jam 2021. Yes. What was the theme this year? The theme was Lost and Found. So you made a hide-and-seek game? Oh, well... I mean, this year was weird, right? Because last year was remote. But it was only really a remote game jam for Hong Kong. Because, you know, at the time, coronavirus was just a China thing. It had spread a bit, but most places weren't that concerned about it. Hong Kong was already super, you know, paranoid. And so we did the remote thing last year. And of course, everywhere is remote this year. So officially, this one was actually called Global Game Jam Online. And usually the theme comes out in your time zone app, you know, it's given to your site and your site shows the theme and you've got the 48 hours. This time they actually just released the theme on the Tuesday, I think. So you actually had like 96 hours to work on the game, potentially. They told you just to pick a 48-hour period. I'm not sure everyone did. I didn't. So... Actually, we should just quickly state, you had nothing to do with this, right? You were way too busy with real-life issues to do any global game jamming, even though it was online. Yep, I had nothing to do with this. So... I was really excited and looking forward to it. 
And then the theme came out and I had absolutely zero inspiration. Like that theme sparked nothing for me. Nothing in your team? Well, the thing is, you know, when I saw the theme, it was in UK hours. So like all the people I usually do the jam with were asleep. We, we did get together on Discord and then talk about it. And then actually then they had much better ideas than me. Honestly, I just had like really no inspiration at all. I always feel like you need a bad idea to build off of. Yeah, you're right. I need a bad idea to shoot down. I'd be like, that idea is so crap. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me show you how crap your idea is by shitting out some other idea that's better. <laughs> yeah, there was none of that. You read my mind. I feel like you did my job for me. I'm, I appreciate that. It's just funny because like in previous years, you know, they've given us the theme and it's just, it's given me some vision or mechanic or something like, you know, I can imagine something and like start sketching it or like pitch some ideas. And like this time it was like nothing. It was like completely blank. So strangely, the thing that spoke to me the most was one of the diversifiers. I, I looked through the list of diversifiers, which are optional challenges that, you know, they give you. And obviously they're supposed to also give you some inspiration or direction because you know obviously a blank piece of paper is hard you know just just to start with and so one of the diversifiers was called get to the point and the challenge was to make your entire game with a pointillist art style pointillism being the style of painting which is made up of lots of little dots of color so i decided as a solo project to make a pointillist shader because i've actually been meaning to try and learn shader stuff for a long time anyway and i thought this was a good like way to force myself to do it so i decided because i was in the uk and my jamming buddies were all in hong kong i would try and make a shader that just rendered everything you know you would feed it either a texture or a camera input and it would render it all in a pointillist art style so that was my thing. For the brainstorming, yeah, as a team, we actually had some good ideas in the end, thankfully. So, you know, it was mostly other people who, who pitched these. And there were some cool ones like, don't lose your marbles. Like they had this mad idea about like having a shopping trolley full of marbles and you're like rolling down a hill and doing like crazy ramp. You know, like, you know, like the trials game yep. where it's like a BMX type thing or so BMX is Charles the opposite of BMX. I don't know. But whatever, you're going down a hill and doing ramps and flips and stuff. And you're doing these with a shopping cart full of marbles that you have to try and like keep the marbles in the shopping cart. I thought that was actually really cool. Like I actually really liked the idea, but I also felt like it's physics jank. And we did that quite recently. Nothing wrong with physics jank. It's true. There's nothing wrong with physics jank. There was another idea that was pitched called Bad Clippy. So the idea was you've lost one of your documents on your computer and you're trying to find it. And Clippy, the, you know, the Microsoft paperclip. Yeah. The Microsoft office mascot tries to help you. And obviously Clippy just gets in the way. The, a prototype was actually made for this by one of the other devs. And 
you know, it's like a faux Windows desktop and you click into the folder and you can see the files and you try and click on the files and like Clippy's like, oh, let me help you. And like all the folders are like go flying off again with physics jank. And you've got to try and like navigate your way in to the folder structure to try and find, you know, like your Bitcoin password or something. So that was another idea. I thought that was a really good idea. One lock, too many keys. So it's kind of like an escape room game. But there's like the first level, you know, like you're in a room with keys, but there's just like 10 keys on the floor and you've got to, you know, you've got to find which one's the right key. And then like the next room, the lock isn't really a lock. It's like a dog. And you've got to find a way to like convince the dog to let you pass. You know, you've got to cook a chicken leg for the dog or something, <laughs> for example. So that, that was a, that was another like abstract idea. There, there were more of these. There were more of these. I mean, the one we went with in the end as like the team effort. I, I thought it was actually really good. It was really imaginative. The The pitch was, imagine papers, please, but in a lost and found office. So, you know, papers, please, you are at like an immigration booth and people come up and show you their passport and their documents and you've got to decide whether to let them into the country or not. Yep. So the idea here is, Instead of being at, you know, passport control, you are at the front desk of a lost and found office and people will come up to you and say, I've lost this thing and you've got to try and find the item that they've lost and or decide whether they've really lost anything at all or if they're just trying on to get free stuff. Does that really happen? I think it happens. Just so naive. It seems like a good idea anyway. I'm, you know, like, might go to the TFL Lost and Found. Hi, I've lost a MacBook. Yeah, it's metal and made by Apple. Yes, that's totally my MacBook. I don't know. I can imagine it could happen. Yeah, it's a good idea. The battery will be dead. Don't need to type in the password. It's fine. And then as a twist on that, it would be sci-fi themed. So... The people would be aliens. They might talk in a funny alien language, which would make it hard for you to figure out what they're asking for. And then we could have like wacky objects as the things they're trying to find. So that was the idea that we all got behind. So how far did you get? I mean, was there structure to it? I mean, were there levels? Was there a scoring system? I've got to admit, I have no idea because I've actually not played our game. <laughs> I know it's so bad, isn't it? So the first 48 hours, I was working on my pointillism shader. And I, I actually got it working. I actually think I'm quite, I'm actually quite pleased with it. It really generates something that looks kind of like a pointillist painting. I mean, it's not as stylized as like a real Georges Seurat or something, you know, but it's certainly made up of dots of varying sizes and it looks pretty stylistic. So I was quite happy with the shader. And then I wanted to try and just attach a game to it so I could submit that as a solo project. So then I was trying to work on a walking simulator just as, because yeah. at the end of the day, you just need a basic game and then slap a trailer on it and then you're done, you know? And I thought I could probably make a pretty decent trailer of just like playing some gentle public domain piano music and walking through some surreal landscape 
in a pointillist art style. Like, I think that would actually look good. So I was trying to get that done. And I was actually also kind of like doing code consulting on the other game because usually I'm the main dev for our team. But this year we actually had a, you know, a few new faces who joined our team because they were like, you know, because it was all online. So in the main Global Game Jam Hong Kong Discord server, everyone's talking and trying to form teams. And predictably, some people were like, oh man, everyone's all talking Cantonese. You know, and then we were like, oh, we're an English team. You know, if you if you're an English speaker, you know, we're happy to group up. So a couple of computer science students from Hong Kong University actually joined. So they ended up being the main programmers for the group project. But they're comp sci students. So I was consulting when they got stuck. Because, you know, you know, they were like, I don't understand why this code doesn't work. It's impossible. You know, this should definitely work. And it's like, no, you, this nested loop, your exit condition is inside it. So it's going to be an infinite loop if you don't do this thing. And they were like, what? And then I was like, change your code to this. And I was like, okay, fine. But it's definitely not going to work. And then they obviously cut and pasted my code in and hit play. And they was like, it works. And I was like, of course it works. Sorry, you're just making a face. So you got credits. You're credited. Got credits, yeah. I was like, yeah, because, you know, that's, that's the other thing. Two days in is when all of the Dogecoin craziness happened. Like the price of Dogecoin, sorry, this is a pre-chat thing, basically went up by five times, 10 times, 50 times. Like it was like skyrocketing. And I was like, I need to deal with this now. And so I was like, I'm sorry, guys, I'm not going to finish my game. And I don't actually really have the time to do any significant amount of work on the other game either. But can I have a consulting credit? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, fine, we'll put you in the credits. So, <laughs> yeah, they, they were like, you did help out on the programming quite a lot. And I was like, thanks. Did you look at the other games? Was there a presentation? Were there award winners? There were award winners. I got to admit, I didn't watch any of them. I was a total train wreck this year. I, I, the, <laughs> the main thing I've learned this year is, yeah, well, actually, things I already knew. Making games is hard. And number two, trading is hard as well. Trading is really stressful and distracting. So before you YOLO loads of money on Wall Street bets, think twice. Maybe you should. <laughs> It might negatively impact your ability to do a game jam. I do think that our final trailer for the group game looks great. I'm very impressed. Like, they they made an actual game. It's on the blog, right? It's on the blog. And then there was a judging for the other games from the Hong Kong site of Global Game Jam. So prizes were given out for that too. So there are probably some other really great games. I just I just didn't have time to look at them. Like I've been really like brain saturated up until basically yesterday. Can I ask the standard closing question for the Global Game Jam? Has it inspired you to keep going? I thought the standard question was did you make any enemies? <laughs> did you, does everyone hate you now more than they did before was your nemesis there so no to all of those and yeah to your actual question 
yeah, I. It, it's really reminded me making games is hard, like really hard. I mean, I already knew it, but like when you try and actually do it, it really <laughs> the reality is even worse. But I did enjoy making that shader. I want to make more shader stuff. I mean, and the thing is also, it's perfect because shaders are how programmers make things look good. So I think I am going to try and just make some shaders to try and ease myself into making cool stuff. And then hopefully I will make something good. I, I just need to make more prototypes. I need to make more small things rather than rather than throw all my eggs in one basket and try and make some big ambitious idea that will probably be terrible right i think i need to accept that you need to crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run well this isn't this isn't the mic i knew no is this good or bad this is good normally it's the shotgun to the face mic that i know go in there full-blooded so i've invested a million dollars into this game no obviously not I managed to draw a triangle using only primitives. Yeah. This is trivial. <laughs> this is trivial. Everything is trivial. Nothing's trivial for me right now. My, bra- my brain is really <laughs> saturated. Is this a new delicate term you've, you've given yourself? Max brain saturation. Max brain saturation. Is it, is it like brain fog? Isn't that what everyone's complaining about in Corona? It's like brain fog, yeah. but it's brain fog because your brain is full. As in what? Like I'm just... All of my mental cycles are consumed by watching Bloomberg <laughs> and worrying about the price of GameStop. Or Dogecoin. On that note, should we close? Yeah, let's close. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.an.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit slash r slash Lost Levels Club. Mike, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful that my meme portfolio has paid off. GameStonk, Doge, wow, such profit. Who would have thought that... (laughs) Who would have thought that a cryptocurrency based on a smiling dog would be worth real money in 2021? What is happening to reality? It's coming apart at the seams. <laughs> B network. Seriously, I would not be surprised if, if that became a thing. B- <laughs> it's going to be. Oh man, we're going to have the meme wars. It's going to be B network versus Dogecoin. They're going to be, you know, faction. That's that's going to be the new East versus West conflict. It's going to be the new Cold War for the twenty first century they'll find the B-Network app on your phone and you're in Dogecoin country and you'll be sent to a re-education camp. You'll be having to eat gruel and chant, wow, such value. Imagine if that, that was the reason behind the next civil war. 
B Network's from Hong Kong, isn't it? I need oh, to yes. go. I need to go and bring the glorious light of Doge back. Once they reopen flights, I'm still trapped in the UK. So Michael says bye. Bye bye. <laughs>